today on the Holy Wednesday of the Holy Passion Week. I will talk about uh, four kind of main points. You've heard a couple of them already. Um, the first uh, thing that happened today, and we're going to summarize from the daytime and the evening, is Christ rested actually on Wednesday uh, until the evening when he returned. So he had left the temple on Tuesday and he rested on Wednesday. And to understand why he rested or what the meaning of this is, we have to think of the whole week in context. The Pascha week, the word Pascha means, as we know, Passover. And it was originally in reference to the first Passover, when the lamb, the Passover lamb was slaughtered, and the blood, as we know, which signifies the blood of Christ, was put on the doorposts, and the, uh, the firstborn of the uh, Jewish nation survived. But there's more to it than that. So the Passover lamb was normally chosen, as we know, on the tenth day of Nisan. That tenth day actually corresponded to Palm Sunday. And as we recall on Palm Sunday, Christ came in riding as a king on a donkey. But on top of that, they shouted, Hosanna, which means save us. And at the time of the Passover, there would be a lot of uh, pilgrimage to, uh, to Jerusalem. So in essence, when they shouted, save us, they were selecting their savior. Well, how are they going to be saved? They may have been thinking of a worldly kingdom, but as we know from the Old Testament, they were saved by the blood of the Lamb. So Christ, as the true Lamb, they are selecting the Lamb when shouting Hosanna. They have chosen Him as their Lamb for the Passover. And then finally, as we know, He enters the temple as the high priest and He flips over the tables of the money changers. And these three things remind us of what the three kings presented to Him the gold for being the king, riding on the donkey, the frankincense, being the high priest, and the myrrh for His suffering and salvation as the Savior. But there's a little bit more to it than that. So the, the sacrifice had to be on the 14th day, which corresponds to Holy Thursday. And as we know, uh, the Passover lamb, unlike other offerings that were burnt or the fire of God would come and consume it or let the whole offering be burnt, that was one of the exceptions where God instructed them to eat and consume the Passover lamb in its entirety. And none of it should be left till the next day. And so likewise, we will see tomorrow, Christ will institute his body and his blood, the Eucharist. And as we know, when we celebrate the Eucharist, it is consumed or eaten, or the worshippers partake in its entirety. We don't leave any of the Eucharist till the next day. So in the tradition, though, the day before the slaughter or the sacrifice, the lamb was to rest. And so Christ rested, and we see this in, in Bethany and outside of Jerusalem, uh, the day before the second main event, which was talked about by a number of the speakers, actually it was mentioned in the gospel multiple times, both during the day as well as the evening, is the betrayal of Judas. And actually there's a couple of betrayals, as, as Michael pointed out too. There was the betrayal by humanity as a whole, and specifically by the chief priests and the scribes. If we think of Judas, it's, it's kind of shocking and it's very scary. Because on the one hand, Judas was a disciple and a friend. He had been with Christ for two to three years witnessing many miracles. He had certainly witnessed the raising of Lazarus, which we just celebrated last Saturday. He had witnessed the raising of the daughter of Jairus. He had witnessed the healing of the man born blind, the paralytic man. He had witnessed God's power over nature, the calming of the storm. He was certainly, almost certainly, one of the twelve who carried the, one of the baskets taken up by them, right? In the feeding of, of the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish. 
more than that, Judas was among the disciples when God commissioned them to go out and preach in his name. And they returned saying, Lord, we've performed miracles. We've cast out demons in your name. It doesn't exclude Judas. It doesn't. And that is scary. That if we ever put our guard down, sin can enter our heart and take over. And if we are lukewarm and we truly don't believe, we have already opened the gates of sin, as Michael mentioned. And in Judas's case, his sin, unfortunately, was greed. Not just necessarily of monetary riches, although that was a big part of it, but also in potential praise from other people. He, he followed the words, as we read in the Gospels earlier today, the chief priests and scribes commanded that anyone who knew his whereabouts should, should inform them or let them know. And so he went to them, and that he also was greedy. He asked, for how much will you give me in exchange? We are reminded that greed, and unfortunately it's a very common sin, and the love of money can cause destruction. As our Lord Jesus Christ said, you cannot serve two masters. You either love the one and hate the other. So you can, a man cannot serve uh, God and mammon or money. Now during the daytime hours, a lot of the prophecies actually relate to the idea of people who witnessed miracles, yet they did not believe or they lost faith. And we recall this during the daytime hours in the very first hour of today. The Israelites, after exiting Egypt, after the, seeing the plagues, after crossing the Red Sea, they are in the wilderness, and then what happens? They can't find water. And so they turn against Moses and Aaron. And they say, have you brought us out here to die? They forgot. They, 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 they lost faith in all the miracles. Just like Judas forgets and loses faith. Just like the chief priests and scribes who heard and saw the miracles, their eyes were blinded and their hearts became hardened. And we actually read that again, that same passage in the prophecy of the ninth hour, but it's a different, a second time where the Israelites could not find water. And the second time, that's when Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it. So it happened twice. In the third and sixth hour prophecies, we also read about the Israelites, but we read about the miracles that God had done. He walked in front of them like a cloud of, he had a pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar by night to guide them. And we are reminded in the 11th hour that those who follow the light, follow Christ, um, will, will not stumble. And this is also a prophecy about Judas who followed the darkness and, and did stumble. The, uh, the other major event of today is the love shown by Mary, the Mary of Bethany, as was discussed earlier by, um, by Michael as well. And the gospel is actually read three times today uh, in three different settings from um, three of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and John. And the love of Mary is, is really quite astounding. It's incredible if you think about actually about what happened. Not only because of the cost of the perfume, the spike nard was actually something that's hard to get. It's originally obtained from areas in East Asia, like the, near the Himalayas. So it's not easy to get. And it's very, very expensive, the cost of a year's worth of income, as was mentioned earlier. But the other amazing thing about it is that she did this in the presence of others who then chastised her, right? So Jesus' own friends, or specifically Judas, who tried to rile up some of the other disciples, said, could not this have been sold instead and given to the poor? Not because he cared about the poor, as we know, but because he stole from the box. But it shows how greedy Judas was, that he was thinking of potential lost income for himself, right, from something that he could have gotten. 
but we also see how much Mary loved. She didn't care what the other people said. And this is a lesson for us to think about. Do we often worry about what other people are going to say if we perform a certain action? Do we give Christ 10% or do we give him 110%? We know that the spike nard was contained in this alabaster flask or a box. And actually to pour it out, you have to break the whole thing. That flask in and of itself is expensive too. We don't even know what the cost of that was, but we know it's expensive. And once it's opened, you can't save any of it. So the whole thing was poured out. She poured out her entire heart with love and thanksgiving for uh, the raising of her brother. And we we see this contrast in the prophecy, the second prophecy in the first hour. Uh, And it's from Proverbs, and it reads the first part, Trust in God with all your heart, and be not exalted in your own wisdom. Fear God and depart from evil. Honor the Lord with all your labors and give him of the first of your fruits of righteousness. So all these actions that occur today are are, are mirrored in uh, the prophecies. The fourth thing about today is that there are prophecies about the establishment of the church, if we look carefully. So in the 11th hour uh, of the daytime, um, the the prophecy reads... From Isaiah, uh, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay for the foundations of Zion a costly stone, a chosen and precious cornerstone for its foundations, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And it reminds us of what Jesus Christ later mentions, that the stone which the builders rejected, which was actually a prophecy from the Psalms, has become the chief cornerstone. So Christ is laying out, the prophecies are laying out the foundation for the establishment of the church, And the reason this is, is because tomorrow we will see two of the sacraments being established, that of confession and that of uh, communion. In that same hour of the 11th hour of the daytime and also in the evening, which we just read, Christ talks again about walking in the light and those who will follow the light and not follow uh, the darkness. And we know that this is a sign or or, um, a prediction of the Christians who will then follow him and leave the darkness of the Pharisees Um, and the chief priests who had polluted or corrupted um, the Jewish nation. And this was read um, in the ninth hour of this evening, actually, in the prophecy of Ezekiel. The house of Israel is polluted. It is is corrupted. Also in the sixth hour of this evening, in the prophecy, Amos said, God revealed his plans to his servants, the prophets. And in some of the meditations of the fathers, they say that, The chief priests and the scribes, these are the people, and the Pharisees, these are the people who interpreted the word of God. If anyone should have recognized the fulfillment of his word, it should have been them. But instead, it was the exact opposite. They are the ones who said, let us kill him. Why? For their own greed, also for their own good. This is why they said it is better for one man to perish than for us, for the nation to be destroyed. They were worried about their worldly possessions. They were worried about their pride. They were worried about things that are not tied to their Uh, salvation. There was one other prophecy today as well in the ninth hour of the daytime about Abraham sending a servant to find a bride for Isaac. And it it might seem perplexing. Why would we read this on a day like this? What does that have to do? But again, this is a prophecy about how Christ is the bridegroom searching for his bride, which is the church, which again is going to be established tomorrow. The final part that I'll conclude with is that uh, in the Coptic tradition, Wednesday was sometimes referred to as Job Wednesday. Job Wednesday. Because the book of Job would be read. And 
Job is a type of foreshadowing for Christ. Because Job, although he had not done anything wrong that we know of, he suffered many afflictions just as Christ is suffering many afflictions this week. Job was even betrayed by his friends. And so we are reminded of that today. His friends were supposed to come and help him, support him, comfort him. Instead, they, they mocked at him and they said, curse the Lord. They encouraged him to curse the Lord. And he did not uh, listen. But at the end, we know that Job prospers and rises again victoriously just as Christ will prosper and rise again victoriously in the glory of the resurrection. May we show love as Mary showed love and pour forth our hearts and not betray him as Judas had to him be the glory forever. Just on that last point about the, the, the Job, Camisia uh, Uber, or... Arbaat Ayub, sorry, Arbaat Ayub, whatever, um, is uh, 